Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. I'm Simone from Epica, and you're listening to Side Jams with Brian Reisman. Greetings, everyone. This is Brian Reisman, host of Side Jams, here with Frank Bello. He's the man from Anthrax. He's got a solo solo project recently, uh, Altitudes and Attitudes, Altitudes and Attitudes. <laughs> it's not that Also the, the author of this book, this great memoir. Thank you, Brian. To check out, he also has a story in this Anthrax graphic novel collection from Z2 Comics. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, in, I'm enjoying your new EP. You know, the, the title track has a very, it's got a very, it's got a kind of an old school punk vibe to yeah. it. That's the idea. Just let, let it all hang out and go back to your roots and, you know, let, let the anger go out. <laughs> it's, it's, it, that's the fun of it all, you know, writing. It's, it's like any kind of angst, the book, all that stuff. The great, the great vehicle that we have is creation. You know, it, it, it means a lot to me when I can get all this stuff out. You know, the book was a, a real big help. But then after the book, Brian, I had, I didn't realize it. After the book, I wrote all this stuff from my past and that really brought up a lot of stuff that I, I thought I've compartmentalized in, in like yeah. therapy. And what happened was it came out again and it wouldn't leave. So that's why I wrote the EP because there was so much inside and that's what, it was great to have that outlet. Uh, and that's where the EP came from because the songs were just coming from the book. I was like, I can't get rid of this stuff. And when I'm in a bad way, I go to my guitar and write. And uh, that's what happened. So yeah, I'm yeah. glad, believe me, that I'm gonna be in jail. So. <laughs> choose well, what's a better choice so i did I, I just, did you have your richard simmons figure with you when you were recording this? i just i just have richard's around me all the time all right we have to put look neca rules and that's all i have to say the company my friend randy's company um neck and i'm not endorsing yeah i know I, randy folk yeah he's the best they are the best at what they do and look you look at this and it makes you happy and then i go right to the howard stern that episode you know, Gary, Gary. Oh, I, go, I don't know if you know how it's done, but it's a, it's a yeah. thing that when he was on, it was one of the best episodes ever. So Richard Simmons rules always. I'm going to have him right there in the background. Fabulous. Yeah, he's, he's watching this. <laughs> so, you know, when we were chatting for Billboard a year ago, yeah. I remember like, what, what could you talk about for side jams? And we were discussing the fact that like, neither of us is actually good at really good at fixing things Horrible. and so you have like this failed mr fix-it career at home and i wanted to know when when did that when did it when did the first realization come that you're like oh, this isn't going to be good the, the first realization when i i tried to change um a trap you know what a trap is under a, under your faucet under, under your sink it's yeah. in your bathroom sink it's supposed to be a simple thing the plumber told me no nah, i don't have to come up let's do what you do he told me exactly what, he told me what to do it didn't penetrate I'm pathetic. These don't work. These don't, they work on guitar and bass, but these don't work when it, I pick up a damn tool. And that's just the way it is. It sucks, right? So I, I, I attempt this. I shut the damn water off. I, I make sure everything is right. Three times over, I'm checking. Everything's off. I'm going to do it now, right? Yeah. Brian, I don't know what happened. I'm telling you the water was off. I'm telling you. For some reason, I, I pulled, I was able to pull the trap off. And water came out of everywhere. Water was, it was a disaster. I couldn't, I was like, 
an old an old show with water was just coming everywhere in your face and all that stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Towels everywhere, you know, is leaking downstairs. I mean, it was a disaster. So I found there's a main in my basement. There's a main water shutoff valve, like everybody has. Yeah. If they have, I found I didn't know what that was. I didn't even know what the hell it was. But it, finally, this big sign, water shutoff. I'm pathetic. Shut off water valve. I I, cl- I push this thing right away, and all of a sudden, my wife's not screaming anymore, and everything's good. And so then, um, what was it? I think that day for the plumber was four hundred dollars. Yeah, to come yeah. Um, just just to fix what I attempted to fix. So <clears throat> he said, if you would have done it with me, it's, it would have been like a two hundred dollar call. I could have saved two hundred bucks that day if I didn't try anything. So the message is, don't try. <laughs> Don't try. It doesn't matter. You're going to screw it up, Frank, so don't do it anymore. Electricity, my wife won't even let me look at electricity stuff because that's like the whole house. You go up and that's it. It goes on fire. You can't do it. So I'm not, I would love to change up an outlet. I would love to do that, but no way. Well, you know, it's what Yoda says do or do not. So just you do not. It's do not. Do not. You know what? I, I get it. Look, some people there, are talented. There that is way. no try. YouTube, YouTube is great to watch. But, you know, I tried that, too. Um, YouTube is not BellowTube. It doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't 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 work my way. So I'm just going to leave to the professionals. That's it. So I'm. you know what? You know what I can do? I can clean pretty well. I can, I can wash clothes. I know that. I didn't screw that up. So when it comes to fix it, though, I'm going to leave it. So now, I mean, obviously... With, if, 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 if you're not good at fixing things at home, I hope or I assume that what, what about playing bass if you have issues with the bass? Do you just leave it to your bass tech or do you are actually fairly good with that? I attempt it. Um, I'm, I'm not good at it. I'll be honest with you, but I, I'm getting better from what I've heard. Um, I, could, <laughs> I, could, I could change strings. I could change pickups. Um, you see my neck. I can get it. Uh, I can get my neck with the, you know, the action of the basses and stuff and guitars. I can get yeah. it to where I almost like it, but my, my tech, Jeff, is a master at it. He's an absolute master at it. So I'll usually ask him to do it just to get it. If I have to record, especially, he's got to do everything. So because I don't trust myself, it's got to be intonated and all that. He's the pro and I'm just a novice. I just play, you know. Hey, you're a novice after over 40 years on bass, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know what? Um, I love I love the whole bass. I love I love bass. I love guitar. Um, but there's some people have a knack, uh, a, a knack for doing that. And my, my tech, yeah. Jeff, he just has that knack that I can get it lower, but I can get it low where I think it's okay. But man, he's got the butter where it's just, it's just smooth, man. And, um, where you don't have to even think about it. So if I have to get real with it or record something or go live or go live somewhere, Jeff's going to have my guitar working on it. It's, it's the better way. It's smart. Now, what's, what's the biggest Mr. Fix-It calamity that you had? Uh, on guitar or, or just in general in, in the house. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, man, I, I tried to put some flooring in one time. Oh boy. And here's a note to self. Never, ever try to rent a machine. You know, one of those drill things to get the, uh-huh. the, the, the tiles up. Never do that on your own unless you know what you're doing. Never. I mean, you, what happens is you dig up and then all of a sudden you dig the wood underneath it, which you don't realize you're doing because all oh. of a sudden, you're digging into the wood, and guess who has to come back and fix it? The professional. The professional, after Frank tries to put in a floor, <clears throat> yeah, sure, I can do it. This is why I see that. That's been beaten down. That Sure, I can do it. That voice is gone. It's gone. Now I know. <laughs> Don't try, Frank. Leave it alone. The professionals will be here in a little while. 
But you, you're, gonna, you're gonna pay through the nose. That's the way it's gonna work. Otherwise, you pay double through the nose because you're gonna screw it up, and then they'll have to fix your your, your problem. So uh, I sound. I feel like this is a therapy session, but this is what. Yeah. So that that flooring <laughs> thing, Brian. That that flooring thing was um a a bit um expensive to say the least. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that again. I really feel like there should be a song in this somewhere. One of your next solo songs. So just, just, there will be. There it. will be. Yeah. And my yeah. last dime that I spend on this stuff when I'm really broke and that's what, this is where all my money, that, that angst will go into this song. That's what's going to happen. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. 
Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. So like on the road, has there ever been a situation where you were, I remember I was trying to think, I think I went to visit a friend of mine and I think I broke something. There was some piece either with the sink or the toilet that I broke and I had to drive out to Walmart somewhere and I wanted to fix it before he came back. And I managed to fix it, whatever it was that I broke. But like, I was like, oh man, this is just not. Well, there's been, there's been stuff. I mean, in the hotel rooms, we stay out on the road, you know, you sit down. I sat on this really nice hotel where you think they'd have a better table. I just happened to lean. I saw something on TV. I lost my train of thought. And I, I leaned on the table. You ever just sit down on it? You didn't realize it was right there. It was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Little, little table. And maybe, maybe my ass is fatter than I thought it was. But all of a sudden, dude, this thing snapped off. Snapped off. And the only way out of this, I couldn't look. This thing was cracked in half. It was snapped. The only way out of this was to hide the evidence. And this was this was years ago. What? Where am I going to get how it? How do you hide the evidence of the table? Aha! Uh-huh. This is what you do. This is what you have to be smart about. Now, this is where you wait for the cleaning lady who's cleaning rooms down on your floor, right? You yeah. wait till you're in one room. She usually opens two rooms at the same time. That vacant room that she's not working on has that same table. Aha! Uh-huh. Right? What happens? You got to be quick. You got to be quick. I didn't mean to do it, but you know, you got to be quick. Zip, zip, and everything's better. <laughs> that was that was a while ago. It was years ago. But um, who got charged for your calamity? Is what I want to know. Like, who's the unlucky person? <laughs> you know, it was a vacant room, so I don't think anybody did. I think they just needed to replace the table. Hey, look, it was yeah. a lot of money anyway. Th- those rooms were expensive, so they were overpriced. So therefore, they have the money for it. It was a long time ago, and I don't want to be liable for it. So. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever, uh, what was the, I mean, I had a friend who was, you know, used to do, do a lot of club touring and he told me that at one point he and his guitarist lay down and like, it was whatever. Uh, it was one of those cheap motel chains and like raised a pillow and there was like an ant farm, like underneath the pillow. Have you ever had any horrifying hotel rooms that you walked into? Okay. Not to get disgusting with you, Brian. How graphic do you want me to be? Is this, is it safe? Well, you know what? We'll see when it. We'll see. We can always edit it out if it's too much. <laughs> okay. There's nothing like in going to one of those hotel rooms, and this just happened. Just this God's honest truth. We've been doing. I've been doing it for 40 years. So you go from disgusting rooms, you know, like the, the cheap, cheap ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And you get to the higher end ones. So in the early days, you know, you're lucky you can get a bed, right? There's no yeah. money, all that stuff. So you get into the bed of that night after your club gig, and you go in, and you're hoping that it's clean, right? So. There were times, Brian, in this life where you're so exhausted, you just go right into bed. You just want to cock out, right? Oh, no. These are the nights you have to be careful of. So sleeping, um, I get up and I get up in the morning and, you know, the, the scene in The Godfather, right? Yeah. Right? The, the famous horse scene. There's no horse, right? But what there was, there was blood. And wow. There was blood. And it was underneath. So if, if I just pulled the sheets and went underneath when I was tired... Didn't see anything. 
But that oh. freaked me the frig out. I mean, it freaked me the hell out because, and I'll be honest with you, man, um, it was it wasn't it wasn't old. That's, I'll, I'll leave it there, right? So somebody must have checked out whatever they did. They did, right? Wow. Whatever they did, they did. Maybe they set the bed up so the maid thinks maybe maybe the, uh, the you know the person cleaning it up thinks it's like I don't have to change it today. They didn't touch the bed. But let me tell you something: that bed that bed was not made up. And um, there you go. So it, it was. I mean, when you get up like that, that's not the way to start a morning. So you're screaming. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. What is this? I thought I was bleeding at first. I thought it was me. I said, am I bleeding out? What the, where am I bleeding from? You know, and it's very much like that scene. You start screaming, what the fuck? And then I, you know, you go to the front of the desk. There's no front desk. The person, the de- think about that. There's a, there's a partition with the person behind the desk that doesn't want to be bothered with anybody. So I say, look, there's blood in my bed. You know, <laughs> there's blood in my bed, you know. I'm letting you know, we're not paying for this room. There's blood in my, I slept in blood last night. It was one of those. So yeah, it was disgusting. I don't know what happened. If it was a sexual, whatever the hell it was, it was on me. And that's disgusting, period. It was on you. That's, it was on me. These days, you just don't want, uh. Not to sound disgusting. There's been, there's been those days, again, in the early days, again. uh, Oh, sure. Use condoms. Those aren't fun. Those aren't fun, especially if it's not you doing it. It's like, what do you do? Why is there a used condom in my bed? That that kind of stuff happened a lot. But the blood thing freaked me out because it was blood and it went on my leg. It was on my leg. It kind of, st- oh, you know, wow. it's like, this- and that that kind of freaked me out. It's like, who is this? And am I sick now? All this stuff. It went through. It went goes through your head. Oh my god, am I getting going to get some kind of disease from this blood? All that. And who needs that? Who needs? That? I don't want to be bothered. But you know, speaking of horse heads, I mean, obviously you <laughs> and the Godfather. You have done some acting in the past. Yeah. You've been in a couple movies. You've been on Law and Order. It's been a little while though. What was the last? The last film you were in? I've been looking it up because I know you played Dude. Richard Hell, but that you did wild. a movie called One Long Day. Was that the last one? Oh, One Long Day. Yeah, that was an. Independent. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, there was no. There was uh, no. Sorry, Best Man in the Dark. Yeah, that was only that was only like two or three scenes in that one though. That wasn't that wasn't fully me. But um, the the other the other stuff was Richard Hell and Greenings from Tim Buckley, and uh, One Long Day was. A, I was one of the leads there. That was fun. It was independent. Um, never went anywhere because there's no money. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. You know, I, I, look, you know what I found, Brian, years ago, I found that because I was trying to find after the abandonment stuff and all that, I was just trying to find who I was after my dad took off. I, I mean, yeah. in retrospect, you really look for that. It's like, who am I? Because I, was, I wasn't taught anything like who I am as a man and all that stuff. Yeah. I think acting really made me find out who I was by living through other people. It's really weird how that works. It, it you, you kind of have to, have, it's my base. My base is who I am and I can go into other characters, you know, that way. As, as, when I found myself, the other characters would come out. I always found that really interesting. It's like, okay, this must be me because I'm finding fun in these characters, but I know who I am now because I can just jump into this guy or jump into that guy and I find it fun. I still find it fun. It's like it's like playtime. It's really like playtime. Um, and I, I just I, I love the art of it. It's just like writing a song. It really is just like writing a song. It's I equate that because you you have to start somewhere, you know, and there's a middle part, and you end somewhere. Coming in, coming through yeah. the door. Not to sound too actors and all this stuff. It's stuff you learn in acting class. But I thought it was fun, and uh, you know, I, stu- I studied with some great people. Uh, Bill Esper from the act. I mean, he's from the Meisner yeah. technique. He's Awesome, awesome. Rest his soul. He passed. Um, just the, the actor studio. Just 
I love it. I live in New York, so it was easy for me. I can go to the city, you know, uh, and, and just watch all these great actors work. So I, I, I really, I really found it fun and just fulfilling. And it just took, it, it took away some kind of void for me. The fame, the fame nonsense, who gives a shit about fame, really? I mean, what is it really? We all, we've all been famous. It doesn't, doesn't get you anywhere. I, I want to get into the art of it and make, and fill that hole that I have. I, I have this gut hole, you know, and I want to fill it, um, yeah. with, with something that makes me feel good. And that's, that makes me feel good. I mean, did that, did that married with children appearance you guys did like 30, like almost 30 years ago now, was that, was that when the acting bug bit you? No, you I, was in the, I, I was into it beforehand, before that, because I always liked, I studied before that, but I didn't, um, I found that weird to tell you the truth because it was my band. It was crossing two worlds for me, but I loved yeah. it I, because they wrote us a great script where we, we had funny lines. They actually gave the band funny lines that people laughed at. And the, the actors, even when with the table read through, I remember, I remember Ed O'Neill specifically laughing at lines that we were giving. So that was a big deal for us. Um, yeah, and, and maybe, maybe it carried over from that because we, yeah, because I did some more stuff after that and I, I went deeper into class and, and studying it and all that. But that was that was just fun, and that was a great, great advertisement for the band, and great for promotional. Uh, after that, I mean, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of people who know Anthrax who haven't seen that episode. So, and 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 Married with Children, they say it's one of their the most popular episodes for whatever reason it is. I don't know, but it's cool. Well, it was yeah, it was very off the cuff and flippant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and I think that fun. that helps, and I thought, yeah, I mean. What was it like? I mean, were you a fan of Richard Hell before you played him? Yeah, I knew. Well, fan, I, I knew who he was. I, I knew who he was. And I went, I went deep, especially when I got it. Even when you start reading, what happens is, Brian, uh, you start reading. Uh, my agent gave me the, the notes for it and stuff, um, the sides for it. And said, OK, Richard, I know who he is and stuff. But I, then, I, then you dig in and you start listening to more. And then you really start, re you know, the, the whole New York scene. And you really dig in. Then you, you really have a lot. Uh, a lot more knowledge in your head about who you're talking about, who you who you want to be. That's why I found it easier, just to just to be, just to be him, and because uh, I had so much knowledge on him after a while. But it was fun. Um, see that, see that is, that's what I find interesting. Play a real human, a real person who really existed, uh, especially in in the music world. You know, and, and a, a guy is a, is a legend. So I, I find that really interesting. So now, are there any other things outside of music that make you happy? Any other outside passions or hobbies that you're really into? Um, no, I. You know what it is, man. I'm at the age now, and I think I've been uh, through a, a, a big storm of, of things in my life, and I just want to pay it forward. I think that's where I'm at in my life. It, it's a weird thing to say now, because I always thought I was a, um, I was trying to work my career, but for me, it's really about passing it on to the future because I want to see future musicians. I want to see future bass players that want to make a name for themselves and create what I call beauty into, into what, into, into the atmosphere. I think it's important now. Uh, so I'm very much into that and just helping people that want to learn uh, bass or whatever they want to do. Uh, songwriting. I think that's really important and, and, and write my own great. I want to write great songs. I want to write great songs because I don't, I, I don't think we could ever have enough great songs in the world. So um, I look, I look forward to collaborating with people and that's where I'm at right now. What's the biggest life lesson that you've learned? Oh, I, I learned, here's what I did learn. Never say never, never say never. Cause you could always do something, you know, cause I mean, when you get beat down enough, Brian, <laughs> there's a time you say, Oh man, am I going to get up? 
you know, I mean, I say it in my book, am I going to get up after being beat down so much? Not sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally, and just times life just takes yeah. a shit on you, right? Um, what I did learn is if you don't get up and you don't try, nothing happens. So you, you have to spark it up. And that's what I'm, I sound like this is one of those infomercials, but it is true. I've learned that. It's like you have to keep trying. And if, if, as many people tell you no, that's why. That's why you should say yes. You know, because a lot of people, there's a lot of no people in this world. I've learned that, man. It's like, no, it's about, it's about pushing it and, and going for it and making it happen. And, and it, it's a never ending thing. It's, for me, it's a never ending thing. I don't think it ever stops because you're always going to try. I'm still trying to write that great song. I'm still trying to write that great bass line. I'm still trying to be the best dad I could. You know, all that stuff. But um, it's, that's what life is. It's a constant, you know, perpetual yeah. motion, man. What's the what's the biggest lesson you've learned from acting? Um, who I am, who I am. I'm pretty confident in my skin right now because of acting, because of acting, and then later on songwriter songwriting. But acting got me to know who I am, where I can jump into other things and know that I have a foundation. It's weird. It's weird even to say that that acting did that. But it's a lot of. Stu- I mean, I did a lot of studying because I loved finding out about me about what makes me tick and all that stuff. And it's more like a therapy. It was weird. It was, it was really being like in therapy about finding myself. And then I could jump into all these other things and, you know, even in music. So then I could jump into what I want to jump into musically. It's, it's weird. It did work for me. I don't know if it works for everybody, but it worked for me. What was the most difficult scene for you as an actor? <clears throat> God. I'll tell you, there was a, there was a couple of scenes <clears throat> That I did in um, that Richard Hell thing, that uh, I don't even know if they made it into the. Um, I was working with William Sadler. You know who William Sadler is. Oh yeah, yeah. Great actor. Of course. Great actor. Um, not only is he death and not only the Grim Reaper in the Bill and Ted movies, but he did a great Tales from the Crypt episode. He can be really, he can be really intense. Awesome dude, right? Sweetheart of a guy. Now, that guy took me in his like his, his hands with with the, with some some of the scene. We had a couple of scenes together, which was great. And all he wanted me to do was just look at him and just be and just say, Frank, just lay back and be with me and we're going to be fine. And he made me feel so comfortable. He made me feel so I was one. I felt like I was just one and one with him. I mean, there was other people in the scene, but it was just I felt like I was just with him and he had dialogue with me and all that good stuff. I don't even know if it made the film. I think it's only saw the film once, but. Uh, it was so enjoyable. And that was the most intimidating part also. It was the most intimidating because mm. I know his work. I know how great he is and what he's what he's capable of. And to learn off of that, to learn and him to just take me in his palms like that. Really, I felt like I was being cuddled. cuddled and I was like, Man, this is awesome. So I enjoyed the moment. But that was intimidating and amazing at the same time. Right. I, I should ask you about the one world story that you wrote here because we talked about it. Because it's got a very dark slant to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, see, that's the other side. You know, I'm glad that people say I'm a nice guy and stuff. I love that. And look, I'm not blow, I'm not blowing myself up. And I, I definitely have my prick days, um, yeah. like everybody, everybody else. Does. Everybody does. But look, there's, there's the other side that goes dark, and I find putting it into something like this makes it easier for me to deal with. And that's why. This is a great outlet, another outlet where you can get your rage out. And I find it really interesting where you can create something, create a character that is kind of you, 
that you yeah. want to that you're thinking you're thinking of this stuff like some of the, the dialogue and that stuff I wrote um, yeah I can easily say that this dark side of me saying that to people because there's days we everything just gets to you but you know you obviously yeah. you can't say that in life so you just put it into a paper people can have it hopefully have a chuckle at it know that it's not real it's not the real person but I, I found that this character yeah. was fun you know and um and and put it into this uh, cartoon angry guy and uh he, that's the other side of him and uh he's, he's a day-to-day guy banker uh dealing with yeah. people that aren't so nice a lot of the times look i've been and we've all been to banks where people just start raging on the bank teller the poor bank oh, yeah, teller yeah. just trying to make a living yeah. and people are going off on them and i just put myself in that bank teller's place it's like wait you know what I'd like to do to you right now if I wasn't getting paid by this company, you know, and the cameras weren't on right now? You think what you would do. That's what I put into that book. That's what I put into that story. So the, just dark the thing. Frankie. Yeah, the, the dark Frank. There is a dark Frank, and <laughs> I find I find him interesting, but I have to keep him at bay because he's, I don't want him coming out too much. I think everybody has that, you know? Everybody has a dark side. Well, listen, Frank, it was great to chat with you again. Same here, my brother. Thank you. Always fun. Always fun, Brian. It's it, we always we go deep. We go deep, and then we come back. It's fun. We go in and out, and I love it. So it's always fun. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.